Hi, Bill. You look happy. That's because we're about to share another Soul Talks conversation with our friends. It is fun to picture the faces of you who are listening, men and women in ministry and business, small group leaders, counselors, and spiritual directors, students, parents, and grandparents. We're thankful for your love and service to Christ. If you're new to Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier, welcome. We're glad to have you in our community. We invite you into our home as we talk for the next 20 minutes on life, love, and leadership with Jesus. Christy, we had a big event in our home in recent days, didn't we? Yeah, we sure did. Yeah, tell us what happened. Well, we we lost my precious cat, Charlie. He got out of the house. He's an indoor-only cat, and he's declawed, and he's a cuddle bug, not a fighter. Yeah, he is so special to you and, and to all of us in the family, but especially you and our daughter, Brianna. Yeah, so we were really grieving and really sad and really worried about him that he wouldn't be able to defend himself and really afraid he was gone forever. He's gone yeah. for five days. Yeah, it's been scary and it's just been waves of grief. And we just got to the point where we were, we just thought he's, we've lost him. Yeah. I was feeling pretty hopeless with the coyotes we've seen in our yard and the possums and rats. And it's just like, he doesn't have any claws. He wouldn't uh-huh. have any way of defending himself. And I was calling animal control, you know, thinking, you know, maybe they've picked him up and nobody was finding him. He yeah. Us. And at one point you were feeling angry with God. How, did, how could he let this happen? Well, I wasn't feeling God's comfort and love because he kind of removed the way I sensed his comfort. I enjoyed, Charlie was always so happy to see me and greet me when I woke up in the mornings or I came home and he'd follow me wherever I went in the house. And he was always so happy to be with me. And I always felt like, well, I want to be like that with God. I want to be, I want to be that tuned in to God's presence mm-hmm. and that adoring of God and that responsive to God as Charlie is to me. And I would just take such delight in Charlie every day and it just helped me to delight in the Lord that he created a cat like Charlie and <laughs> shared him with me. I mean, I can see you tearing up just even now, just talking about losing Charlie. Yeah, it was a really big loss, really hard. And I went through all the stages of grief with, you know, the bargaining. Oh, it was my fault. I didn't give him mm-hmm. enough attention last week. I was preoccupied. I was working so hard. I didn't, you know, if only I had gotten up when I heard him meow instead of, stayed in bed and slept in because I was so tired. That's the crazy thing about grief is that you can know that these feelings aren't like right. You know, it's, it's not God's fault or you couldn't have prevented it. And, but you just have the emotions anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just mm-hmm. comes in waves when you're not it expecting it. Yeah. And just get hit with a wave of grief really stronger than I expected for, you know, for an animal. I mean, I knew in my head, he's just an animal. He's just a pet, you know, but. Yeah, he's a special friend. Yeah. I think one of my favorite memories with Charlie is you getting up from a, a chair and he just jumps up and bounds along, you know, just bouncing behind you, wagging his tail, following you like you're the Pied Piper. He's just going to go wherever <laughs> you're going. <laughs> Every day he does that. Yeah, he does. And I think that's one smart cat. <laughs> oh, thank you, honey. <laughs> he knows where to go for the comfort. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, listeners, if you could see Christy w- with Charlie, you would know why she's been so sad. When she holds Charlie, it's like she's holding a baby, just cuddling him. And the way they look at each other, 
eye to eye and he just purrs and purrs and you're just in heaven there holding your guy and uh, it's really a sweet thing. Well, thanks, honey. Even though you you don't understand and have the same bond with them, you were really sad with me and I felt very loved. You were very empathetic with me and very patient with me, listening to me when I needed to share my grief and my fears. Yeah, so we had some crying sessions, and then with Brianna, our daughter, who's mm-hmm. also so attached to Charlie, and uh, she's just devastated, and it's a very hard week, and so a lot of listening and empathizing with her, and of course, we were you know glad that we could be there for her, but as listeners probably know, as a parent or a grandparent, one of your kids, or even if it's just you know another family member or friend, but when someone you love is hurting, I mean, you hurt too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so we got to a point where we were pretty depressed and felt like, oh, it's been four days. You know, we looked everywhere. We haven't found him. He hasn't shown up at the animal shelter, you know, checking the computer every day. You know, I had just taught in the retreat we'd led about how uh, the sheep, we're Jesus' sheep, and we hear our Good Shepherd's voice. And I used the illustration about Charlie. Mm-hmm. You know, I would call for him, and he'd always come. He'd hear my yeah. voice. He knew my voice, but he wouldn't come for a stranger. And I was upset because I was going around the neighborhood in our yard calling for him and he wasn't coming. Yeah. I was like, you know, it's my voice and mm-hmm. he's not coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just been really sad and lonely. I mean, we've just been constantly looking, looking, you know, looking out windows and, uh, you thinking know, I heard him and running yeah. out and looking for him and calling. And we were talking yeah. about the Phantom Charlie. Mm hmm. But th- so then we got to the point where it, we just gave up hope. Mm-hmm. And tell us, what happened next? Where were you? And yeah, what, what well, I, you know, I was having trouble even praying anymore, you know, because I'd felt like it was probably too late. And then I read a devotional by Corey Timbone that morning on angels being God's ministering spirits. And, you know, it just welled up in me to just pray for him again. <laughs> God of the angel armies would rally his angels to comfort Brianna, who was grieving, and to comfort me, but also that if Charlie was alive, to, to comfort him, mm-hmm. care for him and protect him. and. So that was about the only time that day that I could muster any any more hope to pray Mm. and faith to pray. And then later that night, 1030, I was sitting down in our chair where I had last actually given Charlie some holding and Mm. enjoyed his purring in our bedroom to read the Sermon on the Mount, the Jesus' Greatest Teaching PDF that you have on our website available in our store for people to download. And I've been enjoying reading that. You know, we printed that out and I've been reading it and I was reading that and all of a sudden I I heard Charlie meowing and I was like okay now I've done this before like I woke up early Sunday morning I thought I heard him meowing I ran out of the backyard you know he wasn't there but I was like no I really think this is him like it was more urgent and it was a louder meow and you heard it at the same time because by the time I got downstairs to the sliding glass door, you had it open for me. Well you said Bill I hear Charlie's meow and at the same time you said that I was thinking those same thoughts because I, I heard when you heard. So it was like your voice in my head. It was amazing. <laughs> so as soon as you said, I'm, I'm opening the door, turning the light on and, and, and kind of getting a pathway because I knew that you needed to be the one that he's going to feel most safe with to come home to. Yeah. So, I mean, it was dark though, even with the light on. I couldn't see him anywhere. I, I could hear him, but I couldn't see him. I was looking for him and... I was trying to follow where I thought his voice was coming from. Still couldn't see him. I was looking up in the trees and looking everywhere. And then all of a sudden, there he was right at my feet under our apple tree. That was such a happy moment. (laughs) You scooped him up in your arms and brought him inside. And we were just uh, so excited and jubilant and cheering. And within seconds, we were on the phone 
calling Brianna. Yeah. And that was the amazing thing because mm. she, she says, at that, just at that very second, I was crying out to the Lord and praying that God yeah. would send Charlie home and that yeah. he would protect him. It's like, wow, yeah. the Lord answered her prayer and our prayers. And yeah. here he was after four days, like, where had he been? And yeah. all of a sudden he shows up. And we had close family and friends praying too. Yeah. 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 So the Lord finds the lost sheep and cats and people. <laughs> Yes. And all kinds of creatures, too. Uh, of course, not always uh, mm-hmm. in the way we want to be found or when we want to be found. But as it relates to uh, spiritually, God's love is searching and looking for all of us when we're lost, that we would be part of the family of Christ and for all eternity, mm-hmm. you know, in his embrace. Yeah. And I just love the story in, in Luke 15, the parable of, of the lost sheep being found. Jesus says, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Do you not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until you find it? And when you find it, you joyfully put it on your shoulders and go home. Then you call your friends and neighbors together and say, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you the truth in the same way. There will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Praise the Lord for the moment of turning our attention from all kinds of things that aren't worthwhile or even bad. On to Jesus, the good shepherd, who's Mm. always looking for us, of course, to bring us into the saving grace of God through the cross of Christ and his resurrection, but into an ongoing life with the Lord too, right? Salvation is a whole life process. And that was Charlie jumping down from the ledge to get on your lap right now. He's heard your voice and he's been found and he wants some cuddles. (laughs) One of the things I was grieving was thinking he wouldn't be here when we were recording a podcast. (laughs) He likes to be with us. Yeah. And sometimes in the past, I've gotten a little irritated. He goes, hey, buddy, that's expensive equipment right there. (laughs) But it's hard to get irritated with him now. It's all happiness. He's here. Well, you experience a little bit more of how happy Jesus is when he finds his lost sheep. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's helpful to, as I was beginning to explain, to see this great love of God to us uh, exhibited, of course, through Jesus, most especially, in searching for us. You know, I think that when we read that story, we might think, oh, I guess I'm the righteous one that doesn't need to repent because I've already come to Christ. And uh, I don't think that's the best way to read that because Jesus is talking to some scribes and Pharisees who think that they're righteous. Mm -hmm. And behaviorally, they are. uh, But they don't think they need to repent. And if you don't need to repent, if you don't need to change your mind about sin and about uh, your shortcomings and put your attention onto God, you're in trouble. And so I think uh, we want to read that story with the idea that, yeah, I thank you, Lord, for how you found me in forgiving my sins and I have eternal life in Christ. And thank you, Lord, that you're continuing to find me and you're continuing to search for me, to know me, to know all of me, all of my hurts, all of my longings, all of my needs, all of my sins and my shortcomings, all of my hopes and, and my fears, and, and to be in this full relationship with God. Yeah, you know, I like that, Bill, because I was thinking that when Charlie was out in the dark and I couldn't see him, I was thinking, you know, I just, I wish I could see him. And I was thinking about with people often that I'm with, pastor's wives I'm listening to, and I'm, I get a glimpse from the Lord that he sees them and he sees parts of them that they don't see. 
And often he'll give me that gift of seeing that. And I often, one of the things I often am praying as I'm with them is that God will help them to see what he sees in them mm-hmm. and what he's showing me that he sees in them that they don't see. Well, they can see what God sees in them when you see it mm-hmm. and they look into your eyes. Yes. Yeah. Or when I draw their attention to it and help them to see. And so that's what we're talking about is finding yourself in Jesus's eyes. And see, Charlie found himself in your eyes Mm -hmm. as you were squinting through the dark there, and your eyes glistened and met each other. And it's like, ah, Mm -hmm. there's the one I love. She's found me. Mm -hmm. So what are some examples, honey, that you can think of, of being seen and found? Well, I was just talking to someone recently, a ministry leader who's uh, struggling with some a lot of stress and, and pain right now. And just, you know, listening to him, drawing him out and putting words to some of the things that he's feeling and, but mostly asking questions and uh, absorbing sort of, the, you know, story and, and what he's going through in a time of some transition and feeling mistreated by some people. And this is a common sort of conversation I have with people. And in this a particular instance, I found myself feeling really sad as I was listening and uh, just continuing to just take in the story, the experience, putting myself in his shoes with what's going on in his life and his ministry and how uh, he'd been in a real difficult circumstance and felt like some colleagues didn't treat him with compassion and kindness and fairness and uh, just seeing how he just put his heart into this joint venture that they had and by after a while I said, you know, I'm just feeling really sad because I was like on the verge of tears coming. And he wasn't saying that he felt sad. But then, you know, me saying that and us making eye contact and I was just putting those words to that helped him to begin to sort of see himself in my eyes and to realize, yeah, there is more sadness there. I am grieving. And I think that's the way it works. There's a mirroring or a a synchronicity that takes place in a really close relationship where there's empathy being expressed and a curiosity and and a deep interest in coming to know somebody else and finding your friend and what they feel and what they need. And then then that brings us into awareness, into a relationship and into into aliveness and the possibility of experiencing compassion and love. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, oftentimes we need somebody to help us find our true feelings, true emotions, the true state of our soul. Oftentimes when I'm alone and I'm about my own business, distracted, working, getting things done, I'm not seeing what I need or what I'm missing or the dysfunction in me. But when I bring that into relationship with somebody who knows me well and knows me intimately and cares about me and, and asks and starts to pursue me, then all of a sudden I start to become aware. Oh, you know, I've got got some emotions here. I've got some longings for God here. I've got some grief here that I'm defending against. Yeah, unlike this ministry leader I was talking to, and you and I can relate to this, it's so easy to just get busy with our, our ministry, with our work, with our family, and to not be paying attention to our feelings. And we, we might not even realize that we're repressing emotion and, and we're denying stuff and staying busy. And maybe we, at some point we start to feel anxious because we've been denying so much emotion. So that's a real loss of 
awareness and opportunity because when we're distancing ourselves from our own emotions and needs and desires, we're drawing out of relationship. Yeah, and that, not just relationship with people, but with God. And, yeah. So God uses us to find people. We, as Christ ambassadors, he uses us to help find people. And he also, he also uses other people to help us see his face and be found by him. Yeah, that's evangelism. We need to mm-hmm. think of having a good conversation with someone, most obviously someone who's not a Christian, but even in the context of evangelizing for a discipleship to Jesus is the opportunity of conversation with listening and questions and understanding and empathy and compassion. As we're drawing someone out, they can be found, they can be known, they can be loved by me as I'm listening and then, of course, by the Lord, and it helps them to experience God's caring presence in that. So here in Jesus' greatest teaching that you've written about the Sermon on the Mount, you talk about how Jesus is finding people in the crowd that he's speaking to, and he's, he's, he's saying, blessed are you when you mourn, and he's seeing the people in the crowd that are mourning. Blessed are you who hunger and thirst for righteousness. He's seeing the people that want justice. Mm-hmm. He's seen the people in the crowd even. Yeah, it's so different when we read the Sermon on the Mount the way Dallas Willard teaches us to and see that you know Jesus is not giving us some sort of a tips for a better life here. If you, if you will just mourn, then you'll be comforted. Well, I mean, there might be some truth to that statement, but that's not what he's doing. He's finding people who are grieving and who are sad or lonely or maybe they've been through a divorce or... Uh, they've got some loss, some sadness, or they're, they're, they've been left out of the circle of friendship. And he's saying, you know, right there, God's comfort is available to you. And see, because they are feeling like you were feeling at points in your grief, like God's comfort is not available to me because mm-hmm. he's taken away what I've wanted. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus is, is turning the, the tables uh, on us and saying, no, look, God is looking for you. He, he wants to know you and love you right where you are, whatever struggle, whatever trial is going on in your life, the kingdom of the heavens, the domain of righteousness, peace, and joy is available to you to step on inside. And so when we look into Jesus' eyes that way and see he's pronouncing blessings, he's given us good news. This is the gospel. He's not giving us stuff to do. He's saying, come be my apprentice. Walk with me in the Father's world. Let me teach you how to have a really good life. He's not laying a bunch of laws down on us. He's, he's teaching us how to be filled and permeated with God's love and then to live that out in a way that we share it with others, even people who are difficult. So to our listeners, we say, blessed are you in your struggle, in your challenge, in your circumstance right now, because the Good Shepherd sees you and he pursues you and he wants to find you and for you to be found in his kingdom is under his safe, loving, good rule. And if you'd like a copy of Jesus' Greatest Teaching, we'd love for you to have that. It's available on soulshepherding.org, and it's only $4. Thank you, and God bless. We hope you've been blessed by this episode of Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier. You'll find all our podcasts on soulshepherding.org. And while you're there, we hope you'll have fun discovering our other free resources to bless your soul and ministry. On Facebook, you can receive a daily encouraging word or prayer for me. 
just friend Bill Galtier or follow Soul Shepherding. Until next time, let's keep in conversation with Christ.